Hey guys, Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish, episode 14. I am your host, Montano. Today, as usual, is a special episode of Droolish, mainly because I'm still hosting it and I'm still making these episodes. So each episode is pretty special for me. If you're new to Droolish, Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast where I just talk about a variety of subjects, uh, generally ones about anything, and recently the ones that have been posting at the later, towards the, towards the end of the week, have been more football-related. But the whole goal is to help keep you calm. I'm usually going to add music. Uh, I'd like to add more, uh, not music, uh, let's say rain sounds, sounds, more nature sounds to help create white noise uh, background experience. And hopefully the sound of my voice is soothing and calm enough to um, help you drift off into dreamland. I know this podcast isn't for everyone, but I feel like I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you what the podcast is about. You are new to the podcast, and I don't know if you are finding me via search, or if you're finding me on YouTube, or if you found me, or if you're just a current subscriber to the podcast. Uh, if you're a current subscriber, appreciate it. Love you guys. Uh, my downloads to keep growing. Oh my God. <laughs> I know I'm being stupid, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, what started out as just maybe a download just a day is now getting like 10 plus um, for every release I'm doing. So I, I think that's pretty cool. And for those of you who are downloading and listening, I uh, appreciate it. And hopefully I create a good enough value and I've been able to help you fall asleep enough to where you can, um, I don't know, uh, give me some feedback. I, I always appreciate feedback. Um, send me an email to a Drew, or sorry, at droolishpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can always reach out to me on Twitter or Facebook, and I generally put the links in all of my descriptions. So uh, I'm not going to keep promoting that. I just want to dive straight in to some NFL picks. So talking about week two of the NFL, it started out as a pretty eh-ish, like meh, week one, which is understandable. Uh, generally, week ones of the NFL uh, they're the hardest to predict, and even I fell victim to my survival league, and uh, it's tough. You know, I thought I'd make the right pick. Uh, my Lions ended up getting in a tie. It's all good, uh, but I really want to keep track of NFL picks, uh, not for just my sake, but for your sake as well, because I am pretty good at picking most NFL picks, especially over the last few years. I'm not a big fantasy football guy because that takes too much time and dedication to win, uh, it really does. Like you have to do all your research on all, on all the matchups, and and it it's like a it's like NFL picks on crack. But uh, I like the pickums, especially when it comes to looking at what the team's done currently, how the team's trending. You can kind of get inside of like the team mentality. Um, look at previous matchups as well. And week one is usually hard because most teams are still adjusting and. Uh, and I, I believe most teams don't even play their starters until week one. And they might only play their starters in the preseason in the preseason for like a couple drives. So game one is probably the first preseason, you know, the non-preseason, but that's, it's pretty much a preseason game. And week two is one. Uh, you're probably going to start finding more trends and, and more uh, norm, norms, um, I guess normal trends, uh, what, you know, kind of what to expect. 
But I think uh, I'm going to quote Von Allen Sports here. I highly recommend you checking him out on YouTube. Um, really smart and smart smart analysis, dude. Um, he he made the the assumption and he he noted that even when he does his NFL picks, he wants to wait until week three of the NFL because it's almost impossible to actually figure out who's good and who's bad in the first couple weeks. And I do agree with that. You know, uh, to me, though, again, I want to I definitely want to point out that you know these picks are mainly for. Uh, mild amusements slash semi-entertainment purposes only. I do know what I'm talking about in a ill-informed manner, but when it comes to deeper analysis, I, tr- I will try to emphasize which teams I know very well and which teams I don't. So keep that in mind. I'm probably a homer in about half of these teams because I don't watch all the games. Um, that being said, I like to let the results speak for themselves. So week two. Week two is... Pretty impressive compared to week one. Uh, unfortunately, my week one wasn't that great because I missed uh, my first Thursday night pick, so that's why I do all my do all of my football recordings every Thursday, then release them. Uh, tr- try to release it either Thursday night or Friday. But um, but if you listen to the podcast last week, I made the pick of choosing uh, Carolina for Tampa, and once I released the episode Friday, Tampa had already won the game. So. Again, uh, uh, despite the timing, I I I, uh, I want to make sure like these picks are done before the games start, and I think it's just cool and fun. So you guys can either compare or contrast. And I don't know if you happen to be in the same Yahoo fantasy sports. I know there are other I know there are other like different types of fantasy sports and different types of uh, sites that you guys use, but Yahoo's just simple for me, and I created this last minute. So uh, next year I might switch platforms, but for now I'm sticking to Yahoo. So last week, I went 11-5, and five, which doesn't sound too impressive to most, but what, uh, but what changed dramatically for me is that I went from the 20, 25th percentile to the 70th percentile in a week. So that means a lot of people probably finished, I don't know, either with a losing record last week or maybe they didn't do their picks. Or maybe they finish with like an eight and eight record, and you know eleven to five is it's, it's a huge. I mean it's three it's three points, three extra points. It's a huge swing, especially if you look at the record. Because if I finished eight and eight, I would be at seventeen and fourteen compared to twenty and eleven. So twenty and eleven is a pretty 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 good gap so far uh, in in regards to pick'em, especially after two weeks. So. Yeah, and looking at the leaderboards, too, at the overall leaders, I compared my point count to everyone else, and last week I was seven points off the leaderboard, and this week I'm still seven points off the leaderboard. So I didn't lose ground compared to all the other picks at the end of the day. So that's a good sign for me to say, like, hey, I made progress, and I think I don't. Know, I made progress, and I think I'm in, in a good spot to start picking more solid picks, and I can hopefully keep uh, growing, in, you know, in, in this league. So, super excited! Super excited! Now, I'm going to pull up my droolish picks of week two quickly. I'm going to review them, and I'd say in about five ten minutes, and I'll, I'll mark this down too in the timestamp uh, that I'll discuss my week three picks. But I like to review the week two picks so I can warm up and kind of 
have, I don't know, it's, it's easier for me to talk out loud about my previous picks and what I thought, and then see if there's going to be any, like, differences or any, any, uh, nuances, I'm trying to think of the right word, but, like, uh, you know, any thought momentum that I have going into week three. So, last week, like I said, 11 for 5. I was wrong with the Carolina and Tampa. We all saw the game. Tampa um, won. Uh, I don't think it was super impressive uh, because Cam Newton is pretty much dead out there still. And the first week mentioned uh, was, sorry, the first game on Sunday, Cincinnati at San Francisco. I completely got that one wrong. It was not even close. I thought Cincinnati was who they thought they were. Turns out they're still Cincinnati. And San Francisco did well. So I started out 0 for 2, and then my, my sneaky upset pick, Detroit over the, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, which I'm pretty proud of because only 12% of people gave them a shot. Like, what? And they were, I think they were like 6-point favorites? No, they were 2.5-point favorites, so they were a slight underdog, Detroit. But they still, they still won. I don't know why the discrepancy was like 88 to 12 percent. Green Bay over Minnesota, we got that one. Tennessee versus Indianapolis. Uh, this is one of those. That was one of those rivalry games where uh, I, I really should have taken that into consideration. Though I still would have picked Tennessee to win based off of the previous week. So I can't even go back and be like, well, I should have thought X, Y, Z. No, no, Joey, that was bad. Uh, it was incorrect. So all of my incorrect picks so far were. Yeah, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, sharring down that crap, you know. Um, New England, got that one. Buffalo at the New York G Giants. So I went against the grain, believing that the Giants were going to be better and Buffalo was terrible. I still think Buffalo is fairly terrible. It just turns out that the Giants are probably one of the bottom two teams in the NFL currently. So, um, especially with Eli Manning getting bench coming up, and I'll discuss that later. Um, but... Uh, I I was just hopeful. I should have probably should pick Buffalo, but uh, I wanted to believe in the Giants, and that that one's on me. That one that one was a smart pick. Um, I went against the grain. Yeah. The other picks. This is where it starts getting good because at this point I'm already three for I'm already three for seven. So it doesn't look good until we start getting to the evening games. Um, pick Seattle, which was an underdog. One against Pittsburgh. Got that. Dallas beats Washington. Got that. Um, that was a favorite. Picked it. Baltimore, Arizona. Arizona, I don't know why they keep being sneaky in all these games, but they kept it close. I don't like the Lions. Baltimore was, is a super real team, and they closed them out. Houston, uh, Jackson, I'm sorry, at Houston versus Jacksonville. That game was way too close for comfort. Um, Houston snuck out a victory, uh, but... The Jacksonville is probably not as terrible as, as what people think, just based off of that last performance. Uh, so, yeah, I'll talk more about that in week three picks. Kansas City demolishes Oakland. That's to be expected. Uh, Kansas City didn't score as many points, but I don't think that team really. I don't think that really mattered because Oakland just seemed like they weren't even trying. Uh, Chicago. I picked Denver to win at Chicago, and this is the one where I felt pretty good at, as an underdog. Uh, Denver was an underdog, but. There was it a 58-yard kick? Yeah, at the end of the game, you know, those are the coin flips that I talk about. Where it's like it doesn't matter which team you pick; it's really going to be dependent on who gets the ball last. And, the, and the, those ones are the toughest. 
Um, but I really hope Denver would squeak that out, especially since they were at home. Uh, that one I did not get, which sucks because only 21% of the folk, folk, I like that, uh, picked Denver. They were so close. That would have been 12 and 4. That would have been a sick beat. But no. Then got the got the Rams against the, or the New Orleans. So <laughs> not the New Orleans. Yeah, Rams at the Saints. That one seemed pretty clear cut. Um, I would I gave Los Angeles the edge because they were home. Uh, and Atlanta versus Philadelphia. I, I picked Atlanta because they were at home and they just seemed like a better team compared to Philly. And they won. And they were an underdog. Only 23% of the teams picked them. Again, it's, that seems a little bit confusing to me. I can see why. I can see how three or four of these picks might have gone the wrong way. But, uh, and then Cleveland versus the Jets. Uh, Cleveland actually had a pretty poorish showing. It's just the Jets are terrible. Although the quarterback, uh, did, their, their latest quarterback, did, did surprise me. So overall, 11-5. and five, Feeling pretty good, especially, um, especially me picking one, two... Yeah, I got three out of my four underdog picks, right? So, again, uh, most of my underdog picks, I feel like they actually do have an edge when I pick them, or they're very close to having an edge. And I want to make that compl- I, I want to make that clear right now because I do. I will also talk about in week three, not just my NFL three or week three NFL picks. I like to after that, I like to talk more about the picking some Vegas odds about about selecting really sneaky underdogs that should give you a positive ROI. I don't do many of those, but uh, I just want to make sure you guys know there's a big difference between uh, ROI-driven picks and NFL pick and picks. ROI-driven picks are for long-term, and they're not exactly going to be the same as my week-to-week picks, because week-to-week picks are very dependent on this specific week, and I have to, to think more of the short-term. Uh, so... That's I want. I just wanted to make sure you guys understood that, and you know, we can talk about week three. Week three of the NFL. Let's get to it. So I spent more than five minutes. Yes, I spent more than five minutes doing my research, and I mean prior to the podcast. Obviously, if you've watched the previous weeks, my other picks are usually done during the podcast, but I, I wanted to do a little bit more research for you guys, um, mainly because I feel that my picks, are, like I said, are fairly solid, but I, I do know that the more due diligence I do, uh, the better picks, like, better picks I tend to have. And I think that works for everyone, like, the more due diligence you're giving, giving your picks, the best chance to succeed. And again, I have to emphasize, some of these games... I, I try to bring context to these picks. So some of these games will probably be within a couple points, and they will be 50-50s. We might as well flip a point to see who's going to win, because it's going to be dependent on who actually gets the last possession. You know, most of these aren't going to be decisive victories. It's going to be you know, a random pick six or a heroic, you know, 50-yard drive just to get a 50-yard field goal uh, with 20 seconds left. You know, those things that, are, that have a very low percentage, but most of the time, given the situation, you know, how it played out, you were so close. Again, at the end of the day, those don't count as wins, but I think context is key, especially in picking the quality of the picks. So let's get to it. Tonight, Thursday, or maybe when you listen to this, it's going to be Friday. Tennessee at Jacksonville. 
Now, 66% of Yahoo is picking Tennessee to win this. Uh, they had a strong showing week one. They fell flat week two, uh, but it was a division rival. Uh, this week, they are facing another division rival, which means, again, this is going to be those immediate 50-50 games. And even if I were to look at, let's look at the Vegas spread in this game. The spread here is pretty much even. It's it's minus one and a half Tennessee, so they barely have an edge. And Jacksonville, despite them being 0-2, they had a, a very impressive performance against a very hot Houston team. And I think Vershu, the, the poor mustache guy who likes to uh, stretch in a, in a speedo, that dude, uh, he seems to have a real grit, and he did have one of those come from behind, uh, what was it? Yeah, game-winning drives, or game-timing drives, supposedly. But I think they went for a two-point conversion. They didn't, they didn't get it. So, uh, so you know, Jacksonville clearly is not, <clears throat> is not intimidated by most teams. And despite their quarterback situation, I do believe that they feel uh, that they can still win. And despite them being an underdog, and this is a division rival, this is pretty much a 50-50, but I think Jacksonville does come out on top. Um, I would say they probably win this like 60% of the time, especially at home, considering they're even. Yeah, I just, I haven't done all of my research on Tennessee, but uh, Jacksonville, I just, maybe I, want, maybe I want to believe that they're going to win, but their defense has been so stout, and it, it's a rivalry game, so it's going to be close. So I, like I said, with about 60% confidence, I'm picking Jacksonville in this one. Next game. Moving fast forward to Sunday. Buffalo, oh sorry, I need to take one step back. Yahoo makes their picks, their matchups based off of favorite and underdog. So if I work club about who's going, who's playing at where, uh, that, that, that explains why. Buffalo versus Cincinnati. Buffalo's the favorite. Cincinnati is a, let's see here, let me pull this up, is a six-point underdog. Uh, Buffalo has honestly not impressed me so far this season. It, I just, the first game they squeaked out a victory, I don't know how. The second, they, the second week they beat the second worst team in the NFL. So the first two weeks, I believe they they faced the bottom three teams. Uh, so that so that battery means to me that they are at least okay-ish. But I, I'm still a little bit hesitant. Cincinnati had a good week and they had a terrible week. So this is one of those matches where I feel not so confident overall, uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, but I really want to believe that Cincinnati can pull out a victory here, but I just don't see that being reasonable. Uh, not in this case. So right now, since they're playing at Buffalo and Cincinnati's kind of on a downward trend, uh, I want to say Buffalo wins this, though. I say Buffalo wins this like 60 percent of the time. I don't think the six point favorite that they're giving them is worth it. I might actually go against. I might pick Cincinnati too. Uh, but for now, I'm sticking with Buffalo mainly because it's a short term pick. But I like Andy Dalton hasn't played bad. I don't think the Bengals. The Bengals lost last week to a very. I'm pulling up the schedule here. So the Bengals lost last week, week two to a very thirsty uh, San Francisco team. But they lost at home, so yeah, that's not a good sign. I have to, I want to believe, but I have to stick with the logic here. Buffalo, you're being picked. 
the Dallas, okay, Miami at Dallas. Now, if anyone has been paying attention to the whole Miami situation after week one, some of their players wanted to leave. After week two against, against the Patriots, they got shut out. Miami, this Miami team looks like they're only going to try to go for wins against very terrible teams, and they're kind of going to—I don't want to say they're going to throw it in, because obviously these players do try their best. But kind of in the back of their mind, it's like this game is going to be a murder. Like I, like 99% of folk are picking Dallas, and the 1% that are picking Miami, uh, I would love to—I would love to know your logic, because that would be good insights for me in the future if I wanted to pick Miami. But I just don't think they're going to win this week. I'm sorry. That's, that's that's it. There is nothing really too crazy going on with this pick. Green Bay versus Denver. Green Bay is the favorite, and it's at Green Bay. Uh, Denver has a 3% tick rate. And this is a game where I might be getting inside my own head, but I don't think Green Bay is a top 10 team. They might be top 11, whereas Denver is certainly on the down and down, but they... They barely lost to a Chicago team, and I think the week prior, I don't know if they had a good performance. I have to double check. I have to pull back my memory catalogs here. And looking for Denver here, week one, they. Oh, they had a Monday night game, that's why. And they barely lost to New Orleans. So Houston. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Got that wrong. Oakland. I think Oakland probably is a, a decent team, and I do trust Joe Flacco. Believe it or not, he's. He's not a terrible quarterback, as what people believe he is. I think he's pretty underrated. Uh, he still gets a lot of crappy stuff in his contract that he signed. But he's still very capable. And I think this is this matchup's going to be a lot closer than what people think. Uh, this is Green Bay has a 7.5-point favorite. Uh, honestly, this is probably one where, if I wanted to look into the Vegas odds, this might be a good money line pick, depending on, on the odds. I think this is a 50-50. I honestly... I don't want to say 50 50. Denver, it's probably a 40 60 because Green Bay's going at home. Uh, but this is a regular morning game, so. Or early afternoon game. I'm picking Green Bay for now. But this is one where, if it was depending on the, the spread, I might make this a spread pick for Denver. Uh, it, like, I, might, yeah, I might actually put money down in that this one. Uh, for Denver, thinking that long-term. Uh, I'll come up with a positive ROI. We'll see. Next game. Indianapolis versus Atlanta. It's at Indianapolis, and they are the favorites. Which is very weird, because Atlanta, didn't they win last week? Yeah, this is... What? What? I mean, Indianapolis had a decent showing, but I have no idea why Atlanta's an underdog. I guess on paper they are. That is weird. I, okay, I'm going to have to pull up my Vegas odds here. So, Indianapolis is a favorite in the money line. For this is... It's pretty much even. Plus 105. I think Atlanta actually wins this, like, 75% of the time. Uh, yeah, so, despite this being a quote-unquote underdog pick, uh, I wouldn't call this one an upset. I just believe Atlanta's got this one. Next game. Kansas City versus Baltimore. I believe Baltimore is going to win this game. Uh, not. It's weird that Kansas City has a 6.5 point, 6.5 point 
point advantage. But last time I checked, Baltimore had, just seems to play incredibly solid, and they only appear to let Arizona just come back. They never really finished off the game. They kind of just made it dramatic. But Baltimore knows how to win. Baltimore's offense has been incredibly stellar. Not to say Kansas City hasn't been, but if I had to guess the type of game, type of shootout game that Kansas City loves to play, I don't think they've actually won many, like, quote-unquote shootout games last season. Like, didn't they lose to the Rams? They lost to, like, the Patriots in a shootout. They lost to um, the Patriots, I believe, in another shootout in the, in the playoffs. And Baltimore, I think, lost to Kansas City because Lamar, I don't think Lamar, and I could be wrong, I think Lamar did not, uh, I might be going off to beat them, but if I, could, if I could recall correctly, Baltimore lost to Kansas City um, last year in the playoffs, um, despite Baltimore being on a pretty, like, legit run towards the end of the season. I think Baltimore's not going to slow down. I think this 11%, like, I, I don't think Kansas City wins this. I think this is a 50-50 flat out 50-50 despite Kansas City having a six and a half point favorite. They're both 2-0. Uh, these teams are going to be playing their best. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere game. And because of that, like, I have to put my trust in Baltimore because when push comes to shove, like, Baltimore has shown up um, just enough. And not to say Kansas City doesn't show up. It's just their defense always seems to screw them over. I mean, didn't Mahomes lose, like, three games after scoring 40 points last season? So... Like, this is a game where if it's a shootout, I kind of trust Baltimore more than Kansas City, mainly because of defense purposes. Next game, Oakland at Minnesota. This game, I believe, is, is a sneaky 50-50 type, um, not because Oakland's that good. I think Minnesota uh, has a lot of things to figure out. Minnesota is an eight-point favorite. Uh, I don't know the basis of this. Didn't Oakland, how did Oakland perform last week? Oakland lost last week against Kansas City, which means nothing. They lost at Kansas City. They lost to the best team. And they beat Denver, uh, which I think Denver is still a sneaky, sneaky average team. Potentially good. Um, that's This guy on a current bad rap. So I, my heart, I want to say Minnesota. I'm going to pick Minnesota. They have the home advantage. And Oakland just doesn't seem to be that strong yet. Versus Minnesota, they have a strong defense. They have a strong run game. Kirk Cousins, I love Kirk Cousins. I have not watched all the games in Minnesota, and that's, that's on me. I'm, I'm a big NFC North guy. I have not, I mean, I've, I've been paying attention to more the league in general, but not so much my division outside of Lions. Um, but from what I've seen with the Minnesota game, Kirk, uh, I mean, that guy, he tends to get inside his own head. For low-pressure games, he does incredibly well. For higher-pressure games, he just... I don't know, he doinks it. Like, it's, it's hard to explain. Uh, I think it's all mental for him. He clearly has these skills and tools tool set to be uh, an elite quarterback. It's just getting him in that consistent mindset of playing it all the time. So uh, this game, I think Kirk's going to lay, lay waste to Oakland. Yeah, I started, I started out as unsure, but now I'm feeling a little bit more confident now that I'm talking about it out loud. So yeah, I believe Minnesota's got this one. Uh, next game, New England at the Jets. I'm picking New England here, and uh, once I look at the odds, these spreads, I'm, the Jets could be a sneaky underdog pick that has a good ROI when it's all said and done. Um, mainly because, and I'm not, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not implying the Jets have a 
a reasonable chance. I'm just saying they have a greater chance than what most people think. People think they have a 0% chance. I think they got like a 5% chance, okay? Uh, reason being is the Jets, was it Luke Falk? Uh, impressed me. Like, thoroughly impressed me last week against the Browns. Uh, the Jets game should have been a lot closer. I believe there were two drives where Falk was driving down the field, and there were, I think there was a fumble by Bell, and then there was another turnover? I think there were two two turnovers or two uh, very, sh like, I don't know, like, turnover drives, or drives that ended in turnovers, if I recall. I know one for sure, but it wasn't exactly Falk's fault. Uh, he had strong poise. He had good poise. He did his checkdowns. And for a guy that's only been on the team for, what, a few weeks, I believe, that hasn't had much practice, uh, I think he was probably even watching Monday Night Football like two weeks ago. Now, for him to come back, and he came from, like, Washington State University, the same college as uh, the Jacksonville starter now, Winshu. Uh, he had poise. He had poise. He just never, his team just never got him the opportunity to score twice. I mean, they could have had two touchdowns. So uh, the Jets game it doesn't look. The Jets Browns games last week is not representative of what you see on paper. Like what you see on paper is not the same as how the game played out. Uh, I think the Browns uh, underperformed and the Jets severely underperformed. So I think this week New England still stomps them hard, but depending on like I said, the odds here, if it's if I think it's a positive pick long term, uh, I might go back and talk more about this it, it, later, but short term I, I think, like I said, New England was this like 95% of the time um, so yeah which is represented by the picks, 99% of the people are picking New England now, this game next one at Philadelphia versus Detroit Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. You have been the anomaly. This is the first year where I picked Detroit twice. Actually, three times. It's one in survival and then two in pickums. And uh, I don't think my tie counts as anything. So, or for that for that first week. But last week, Detroit did sneak out a victory as an underdog, and that was more of a one I mentioned. It was like a 50-50. I believe in that one. This one, I believe Detroit, uh, they're a healthy team. Uh, Stafford has been playing pretty well. I mean, he's, you know, the team's been playing pretty well. Uh, I think the Chargers had a pretty stout defense. It was a, it was a, it was a tough game. It was a gritty, ugly game. Uh, and I think Detroit and Patricia had, you know, it had, Detroit had a different coach. Um, I don't think, I don't think Detroit would have won last week. And yes, there was some luck, obviously, with the fumble and some missed field goals, but it goes back and forth. And Chargers should have won that game um, based off of play. But I don't—I think it was more of a marginal victory if, that, if, if things played out. Um, but at the end of the day, Detroit is one of those teams that seems to have gotten fortune on their side with uh, being on the right side of, you know, what is it? What's the term? Um, a snatch of victory from the snatch, or yeah, defeat from the jaws of victory, or yeah, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. That tends to be Detroit's motto. Motto, and it doesn't. I don't. Know, it seems like in previous weeks they, Detroit would blow up and be zero and two at this point, but they're one zero and one. And I've mentioned this outside of the podcast, uh, you know, months back that Detroit is on the up and up, and a lot of the players in Detroit are buying into Patricia. Now that we're starting 1-0-1, uh, we you know, end with a tie and a decisive 
close victory facing a fairly strong Eagles team. A fairly strong Eagles team that, looking at last week, I believe they lost, or did they win? Philadelphia. Yeah, they beat... No, they lost to Atlanta. Yeah, they lost to Atlanta. And with, I believe, Wentz... He's still in... I want to quick double check this. I want I have to check the roster because I don't know if Wentz is around. Because I think he got hurt, but I don't know if he is injured. Injured. And Carson Wentz is he's in. I guess with, with Josh McCown. Uh, yeah, I think Deshaun Jackson's doubtful. Ashawn Jeffrey Jeffrey's questionable. So I it's not that I don't trust Wentz or the Eagles. It's just they have they seem to be very banged up. And Detroit does seem to be capitalizing more frequently. In last season, they've had four or five decisive victories. Whenever they, whenever Detroit did win last year, uh, they did win some of the, some of them decisively, and it wasn't like the same old comeback, comeback Stafford story. So I don't think many people are paying attention to Detroit as usual. Uh, I think the hype for Philadelphia is a little bit too much, uh, as represented by the 89% of folk that have been picking them this week. I'm going against the grain here, and already, I already have four underdog picks. Oh, man, this is madness. Yeah. I don't believe the six-and-a-half-point favor. I think Detroit... Uh, I just think Detroit has this. I think this is... I think this is a 50-50, and... This, yeah, I think Detroit has a legit shot. Next game. Carolina at Arizona. Arizona's playing shaky. Cam Newton is playing equally shaky. This is a, this game makes me very nervous because Cam should be playing well. Uh, the thing is, I just don't know how Carolina's defense has been playing as a whole. And if they're not going to bring pressure to Kyle Murray, uh, Kyle Murray has been shown to go off, which, again, blows my mind because teams don't seem to be figuring this out. You know, just give him pressure, give Murray pressure, and, and until he's able to adjust, uh, he's not. And... I'm probably going to pick Carolina in this one because I feel like Cam Newton and the team are probably going to come out strong. Uh, this is either going to be the game that Carolina comes back for the season or the game where they shut down. And when you're in that mode, I think winners win and you know, losers lose. And I think Carolina and Cam, they, I think as a team as a whole, they definitely need to get their crap together. And this should be, in their head, a gimme game for Arizona, which means if they play just... To play the way they're supposed to and not think that they're freaking amazing and they don't let Arizona come back, they should have a decisive victory. Um, just note, though, I think Carolina wins this game probably 55% of the time. So this is, this, like I said, this is a close one. This is a very close one, but I'm, I'm sticking with Carolina here. Next game, at Tampa versus the New York Giants. Uh, Tampa just came off of a victory. The, the Giants are starting a new quarterback and Eli's benched. Uh, it's a complete unknown. And with the complete unknowns, I'd rather just stick with what I know. Because uh, I don't know anyone in their, might, in their right mind. Unless if you're a New York Giants guy, fan. And you've done the research on the backup and kind of how the team's performing. But it just seems that New York does not, is not doing anything. I mean, they're a bottom two team. Like, easily in my head. So... Tampa, I think Tampa wins this. I just can't. I can't. Even if I wanted to go for the Giants, I can't. Like, there's just, I just don't see them winning. 
in most in most scenarios. This next game, Houston at the Chargers. The Chargers. The Chargers have a three-point advantage, at least according to the Vegas odds, and they are being picked two to one. So 66% of the folk are picking them. And this one I'm completely unsure because both teams have the ability to score really well. Both teams have a defense that can show up. A good play calls, good play callers. They, everyone has dynamic players. Uh, Philip Rivers is a beast. So is Deshaun Jackson or Watson. No, I want to say Jackson. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. He's just he's been a beast. He's 24 years old, athletic, smart player. Uh, he's always impressed me. Uh, but I think this this game's a coin flip. I think Houston wins this half the time, and I think the Chargers win half, or Chargers win half the time. Uh, I might. I'm probably going to circle back on this one because I can't. I don't think I'll be able to figure out this. <laughs> I don't. I can't actually have a favor favorability in this one. I I might have to default to the Chargers only because it's a home game. Uh, and I think that's what Vegas is doing too. But uh, man, I feel dirty picking against Houston, but I feel dirty not picking Chargers either. I yeah. I don't know. I just do not know this one. I'm picking the Chargers, and I'm feeling dirty. So keep that in mind. This is a dirty Chargers pick. Next game. San Francisco versus Pittsburgh. This is at San Fran. Uh, San Francisco has 85% picks. Pittsburgh is starting out a new quarterback, and they seem. I think they traded. Or they did some stuff this week to, I don't know. Like, Pittsburgh doesn't seem like a team that folds. And San Francisco might be getting a little bit too uh, too ahead of themselves. Uh, I honestly think, uh, unlike the Giants situation where they're starting a different quarterback, uh, and San Francisco did come off a strong game, and they're two and zero. Again, I mentioned this like this is this is the week where the teams that are supposed to show up will show up, and I think Pittsburgh is going to be a team that shows up. Uh, that's. That's it. Like any 0-2 team that's going to show up, that has been a perennial playoff team, that I know, despite being ben, Big Ben being gone, it's not like the Steelers have been incapable of winning games without him. I think Pittsburgh will sneak out a victory versus San Fran. I think, uh, honestly, I think this is this is a greedy pick for me because I think San Francisco wins this still 60% of the time. Um, but in my heart of hearts, I just have. Uh, that's a sneaking suspicion of Pittsburgh. And I'm going to double-check this, too, before I make that blind pick, but I'm pretty pretty warm on Pittsburgh at the moment. I'm going to pull up the schedule here. and Yeah, because Pittsburgh did not have a good showing week one. The week two, they... Let me pull up the NFL here and get my schedule standings. Or schedule. Yeah, week two. Pittsburgh Steelers did... They barely lost to Seattle, you know, to a Super Bowl caliber team. Uh, I think they lost Big Ben in that game too. But I think Pittsburgh has all the pieces. You know, I feel more confident looking at this. Like I want to see how they perform this game overall. Who did what? And who's still going to be around? Uh, as you can tell, I'm taking this a little bit more seriously. Uh, and let's see here. Kyle Rand or M. M. Randolph, 12 for 19, two touchdowns, one interception. Certainly made the best of it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is out of this. I think Pittsburgh will come back strong this game. 
Now, I take it back, this is probably 50-50, but if, but if winners do, like I said, winners do win. And Pittsburgh's a winning team, and I just can't see them losing um, frequently to San Francisco. So I'm picking Pittsburgh, which now makes me have five underdog teams this week. Although, looking back, eh, like I said, Atlanta shouldn't be an underdog. Jacksonville, it's a 50-50, it's a, it's a and Detroit is a true underdog. Baltimore is a true underdog in this case. I don't think Pittsburgh is a true underdog. Anyways, heading towards... Yes, we only have three more matchups left, so Seattle versus New Orleans. I don't know. <laughs> this is a game where Seattle just, just seems to be steamrolling. They just don't lose. And this might be a season where Drew Brees is just doing Drew Brees things and the, you know, the New Orleans Saints just kind of do whatever. Um, but Seattle at home, very, very tough to beat. Russell Wilson is amazing. He's been playing phenomenal. Uh, Greece has been fine too, but they did get shellacked by the Rams. So I don't have much hope on this one. So for, for, the, for New Orleans, I think Seattle wins this like 80% of the time. And yeah, that's what 80% of the people have been doing here. Uh, next, next game, Sunday night game, a very interesting matchup. Los Angeles Rams at Cleveland. All right. Now, I love Cleveland. I've been buying it a lot into their hype. Um, but I've also been watching all of their games. And Cleveland has the right pieces, but it's all going to be ba based around Baker Mayfield. And at this point, especially after last week, unless if he, unless a Baker somehow is able to not get inside his own head, because I... I don't think he's as terrible as what people are saying after last week. Uh, I watched most of his games last season, too, and he performed solid. Uh, he loves the showtime, but I think he gets way too eager and he does way too many hero ball things. He, if he's anything like any other young 20-year-old that I've known, including myself, it's like he's going to keep trying to do things until they don't work, and then, he, and then eventually um, he might change things up. So last week they won, and I don't know if that's representative of, of him. Uh, obviously, the Jets were a completely terrible team, like they are a bottom three team versus a top three team. I don't think Cleveland's going to squeak out a victory here as much as I want, it, want, it, want them to. If they win, then Cleveland, you know, I I applaud. I'm not going to give you a real applause, but I, you know, I applaud. I applaud this, but I do not see the Rams losing this, like, yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, at Cleveland. I think Rams win this game, like, 85, 80 to 85% of the time. Uh, considering that 90% of the people are picking the Rams, I tend to agree. Uh, this could be a potential sneaky pick for, like, a spread or whatnot uh, for Cleveland's way, but I would have to look at the odds. But I just don't see it. I just can't imagine Cleveland winning decisively against the Rams. It could be a close game where Cleveland can sneak a, sneak a victory, but I'm not in the business of picking out the sneak victories. I'm trying to figure out the best chance with the information that I have. So, the Rams, that this should be a fairly straightforward pick. I'm not going to overthink it. This last one, the Monday night game. Chicago at Washington. These two teams are going to create a terrible Monday night game, I'm not going to lie. But Trubisky doesn't seem to be playing as well as he has been. I will say Case Keenum. I believe he's still... I don't think he got injured last week. He has been playing 
fairly solid. I haven't seen any major issues with how he's been playing. The defense, on the other hand, has been giving up a lot of points, and Case Keenum is probably good to give you between 21 and 28 points um, a game. You know, maybe a couple touchdowns. If he somehow lights it up and he has and has a good team around him, like a good offensive base, uh, I can't imagine. You know, getting into the low 30s is not out of the question on any given week for the Skins, from what I've seen this season. Now, looking back at week two, they did lose to, let's see here, Can you look, Washington, Man, they lost to Dallas, a very strong Dallas team, and I'm looking at the stats here, they lost, they lost a close one week one, and then week two was fairly close, but yeah, Case Keenum hasn't played terrible, at least from what I'm seeing on paper, I, I've only watched the very limited minutes, so I can't, I can't give him like the definitive eyeball test. So I have, what I have to do now is I need to think of Chicago, and I know a little bit about Chicago, so I have to, I have to figure out will, will my Chicago knowledge be enough to make me go against Washington? Because on paper, I feel like Washington does have an advantage here until I do a little bit more due diligence. Now Chicago, both games. If I were to point out how they performed, they, they eked out a victory against a very suspect Broncos team. Uh, week one, it was a Packers defensive stout like game. Uh, Trubisky has not shown any reason to, to grow. Uh, although this week against the Redskins, since the Redskins do have a terrible defense, I am a little bit more nervous that this might be a like 21-24 type game. Um, it's at Washington, and, but Washington, every time I watch Washington on TV, and, well, Kirk Cousins with Washington was a different story. Um, he would actually show up. Uh, but uh, this game, it's a complete unknown. I think I trust Case more than Trubisky in this one, and I think that's going to make the difference. I think it's going to be like a 21-24 game. This is, this is probably a 50-50 coin flip, and it's not the four-point advantage, what people are saying, that Chicago has. So there you have it. I'm going to review these ones. Okay, from top to bottom, I'll let you know which ones are favorites and underdogs. Okay, picking Jacksonville versus Tennessee. Uh, I sorry, Jacksonville underdog picking them. Buffalo, Dallas, Green Bay, Atlanta underdog, Baltimore underdog, Minnesota, New England, Detroit underdog, Carolina. Tampa, Chargers, Pittsburgh, underdog, Seattle, the Rams, Washington, underdog. So one, two, three, four, five, six underdog picks. I am very nervous, my friends, because I'm generally, I don't know, I, I generally don't pick this many underdogs. It's usually between three and four, but I think two of these underdogs, especially the Atlanta and Jacksonville, are they should actually be even or probably favorites. So, uh, but on paper, from the picks from Yahoo's perspective, I'm picking six underdogs. We'll see how it goes. If I end up winning most of these games, then heck, maybe I should start charging, charging for these secret episodes. But um, no, obviously this is week three, and this is my first year of actually tracking on like you know, tracking it in front of the public and not just for myself. So, um, hopefully, my ill-informed logic. It's a little bit more uh, thought out, and if you haven't done any of the research and you're still trying to sleep, uh, and you haven't fell asleep, well then, I'm super sorry. Uh, I, I know this one is probably more of a, you know, 
if you're a football fan, this is probably better to listen to during the day. But yeah, you know, don't take it too super, super seriously. And if you're trying to sleep and you don't care about football, then yeah, this obviously makes sense. So, you know, let me know. I still love doing these picks. Uh, there's still two tiebreakers I'm going to have to do. But let me quick save this, save my picks here. And let me do the tiebreakers off, off uh, camera here, or off audio. Cool, so I made my tiebreakers too. It was actually pretty straightforward. Uh, I had to guess Washington, I had to guess the Chicago and Washington score, the Rams and Cleveland score. And then who will score the most points this week? New England, who will score the fewest points this week? If if uh, the tra trajectory continues, uh, I'm going to have to say the Jets because New, New England has only given up three points this season. So that should be a pretty straightforward one. Moving on to my anti-NFL power rankings. I love these anti-NFL power, anti power rankings. Or, I mean, or uh, maybe I, uh, I can't even speak. Blah. anti-NFL power rankings. I'm probably, just gonna, I'm probably just going to call them bad power rankings. They're the worst NFL teams for sure. I don't know, but maybe I'll stick with the anti-power rankings. Yeah. Anti-power rankings, if, if you're unaware, everyone does power rankings every week. It's released Tuesday. Uh, everyone likes to be the first one. They want to say, oh, these teams are great. Here's why. Here's our analysis. And for me, I love them. And I'm pretty sure some of you love them too. They're representative of kind of how strong a team is and how they've been recently playing. There are always going to be some other nuances and biases that might be um, thrown in, such as you know team history, coaching, their previous years, you know experience, you know matchups, and so on and so forth. So um, you know some of these channels are pretty terrible. They just don't even look at the games, and some people try to do their best for insights for, to provide insights. For me, I don't care about the best. Okay, I already showed you all of my picks, my every, you know all, all you know what I think of the teams. Now I want to talk about just the worst teams, the worst teams that should have no shot, just as a way to analyze what they're doing and potentially figure out ways that they can win or change. Uh, and I don't think this was, this actually has any super big value at all. This is just for my own amusement, and if you guys want to create your own anti-power rankings, feel free to do so. I just figure that the worst teams tend to not actually get enough talk, coverage, and even some of the bad teams, quote-unquote, in the worst power rankings do not... I don't think it's reflective of like the organization as a whole. It's just more of a reflection off of how the team as a whole is playing uh, currently. So it's not, you know, just like regular power rankings, this isn't representative of them being the same forever. Now, I'm going to go in order of 1 through 10. Uh, starting number 1 is being the worst team currently in the NFL through 10. And I've added 5 extra spots for the bottom 15, but I'm not going to analyze spots 11 through 15 because it takes a little bit too long. And it's all about the top 10. I'm only tracking the 15. I'm only tracking the bottom half of the league, just so I can keep track of the changes week over week. Um, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's an interesting dynamic, so if you like it, let me know. If not, let me know. Uh, just always, you never know. So, uh, I figure always try something new and just see how it works. So, looking at the underdog, no, no, sorry, not my underdog picks. I have, a, I have a lot of different tabs open. The NFL Anti-Power Rankings Week 3 begins now. 
starting at number one. The worst team in the NFL. At least in my eyes. The number one anti-NFL uh, anti team is the Miami Dolphins. They have not moved up a spot since the previous week. They were ranked number one week one and still ranked number one week two. They have shown zero, zero will to play. They've got shellacked both weeks. They didn't want. They didn't even want to play the, the freaking Patriots. They didn't they get shut out. Like that is, I, I, like if that that game was supposed to be representative of like what the best team and the worst team were supposed to look like, like that would be it. And Miami, or Miami just, I don't know. I mean, the Patriots could be that good, and Miami just starts off terribly. But from what I've been reading about the organization and you know players wanting to leave, and I think they just traded off one of their uh, top defensive backs to, uh, I forgot where, maybe Pittsburgh? But they, tra they traded him. And they're trying to round up picks, which means they're in tank mode. They're not probably, they're probably not going to say they're in tank mode, but they're tanking. And until further notice, Miami is probably going to be a perennial number one anti-power ranking team. So congratulations, Miami. You keep doing you, and I keep looking good. I can use the worst team. But seriously, Miami, like, I don't know. Uh, I really hope that you guys can improve. You guys are not, I don't think you guys are as bad as what you say, but, uh, you know, I haven't watched all of your games, but, but you guys always seem to be a perennial, at least, like, semi-contending team. Uh, and you guys have Rosen, too, so, I mean, he's, I mean, this is the point where you try him out, too, so you never know. Uh, number two, New York Giants. Moving up from the same two spots, so they actually did not move up at all. Uh, the Giants, we saw it last week. Uh, I wanted to put more faith in them, and I actually don't know why. I, I ranked them 30, sorry, I ranked them number two for my anti-power rankings, and I still picked them to win. See, again, that's on me. I, I, I called that last week, or earlier this episode. That was just a, that was a flip on my part. That should have, should not have happened. Um, do I need to even go over Giants? India will. So they get rid of Lee, uh, Eli, which actually does help their case, at least on paper. Well, it's an unknown. I can't tell if this new quarterback is going to be um, better or worse than Eli. You know, the offense doesn't seem to be clicking. Uh, they're generally, it's not its not just a co coaching problem, but then they give up like 28 points, or, you know, they give up a lot of points. But they lost the week one game, and they blew like a 15-point advantage against against Buffalo. So I don't, I just don't see any momentum that the Giants have that, that would say like they can win, and win against, you know, I'm trying to think of other teams that they can beat, and Miami's the only one. Next team. Moving up two spots from number five to number three, the New York Jets. Now, uh, this is a very tough one because I did not want to place the Jets as the number, number three team uh, for my anti-power rankings. But uh, with Darnold out with Mono, with, with Simeon like, ankle disintegrating, uh, they left the team with uh, Luke Hall. And I was... I mentioned this before, he was very, very impressive. Um, but they still lost to a very weak Browns team, like a Browns team that made lots of mistakes, and they got shellacked. Uh, of course, uh, Jets the Jets team had not, like, faults in this half, probably had nothing to do with the team, how they performed. Like, there were, like, two fumbles. He was in, he was, what, 20, 25 and almost 200 yards. Uh, he did what he could. 
and he didn't look nervous. He looked very poised. He almost kind of had like a wince-like feel to him. Um, not, I, you know, I'm gonna evaluate his arm strength, but it seems like his accuracy is pretty, pretty there or pretty close. That's decision making solid. Um, of course, he's only one piece of the puzzle, but, but for now, uh, you know, those are indicators that the Jets have something that you know that they could potentially look forward to. But based off the team is playing as a whole, and it's not just the quarterback. Uh, you know, they they moved up two spots. I just can't figure out many other teams that are worse than them. I don't know what their owner and direction, you know, how they're going to go with the season. I, you know, if any Jets players are having trouble sleeping and you're listening to this, like, I think you guys are probably way better than what I'm saying with a minus three. Um, it's just, you know, it's just you guys have been trading downwards uh, since week one. And I don't know if week three, but you guys may have that much cash to begin with. But I'm, like I said, the eyeball test... He's making me start to believe a little bit more, but um, it, it's a whole team effort. So obviously the special teams, defense, even the offensive line, like, there's so many different pieces that need to get their crap, you know, together. So sorry, Jets. I don't hate you guys. Uh, I wish you guys uh, were lower in my anti-power rankings, but nope. Number four. Staying at the number four spot is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I know some people might give them props for hanging in with the Baltimore Ravens, but just like the Detroit game, uh, they just kept, they just hung around. They didn't do anything super impressive, at least to me. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not bought into Arizona. I'm semi-bought into Kyle Murray, just a little bit more compared to the prior week, uh, mainly because if you keep giving Murray time, he's going to keep finding ways to utilize Larry Fitzgerald. No one really Larry Fitzgerald is still a, is a game changer. So uh, just this pressure, Murray, he's got huge weaknesses that aren't being exposed. And when they're exposed, the teams just don't capitalize on it. It frustrates me. Uh, Arizona is still with a new coach. Uh, they're still kind of finding their way. Uh, until they get that first win, I'm not going to be moving them up uh, because it seems like these other teams are just letting them hang around. And... Uh, yes, I'm very bitter about that Detroit tie. I'm very bitter because, I mean, an old-school Lions team would have lost that game, so they tied it, and that's fine. But both, team, both times, Arizona should never be in those games had had these teams, had their opposing teams actually played the full damn game. So, Arizona, you're number four, congratulations. You didn't move, you didn't move up, uh, so that's, that's progress, I guess. Moving on to number five. Washington. They bounced up from the 8th spot to number 5 and I don't think the Washington team is as terrible as they think they are. I think Case Keenum is uh, probably a he's got a shot here and uh, like he's got a shot of winning against some teams uh, that are probably, you know, meh-ish. Meh-ish, I should say. And they still haven't won uh, it's, I feel like it's more of a team effort. It's not a case Keenum. I, like I said, I like Keenum. Uh, but, but the defense just keeps giving up so many points. You know, it's, it's a team score. And as a team, you know, Washington wasn't trending super amazing after week one. Uh, and week two, same thing. I, I just, outside of case, I think they have a couple decent wide receivers. With their offensive cores, okay. Um, from, when, from when I last checked, I thought they had an offensive line. But this is where I'm starting to lose like all my Washington knowledge. I was a big Kirk fan, so I knew a lot more about Washington. 
but this year, I, like I said I think Monday's going to be an ugly game, and I'm just, I, I don't know, I think Washington could win this one, um, mainly because Chicago is another bottom tier team that I can't say where the rankings in this one, but, um, you know, they're kind of in the same realm, in my opinion, currently. Moving on to number six, bumping up three spots is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations, Jacksonville. You moved up to number six in my anti-power rankings. So, being the sixth worst team in my eyes in the NFL, uh, this is the team as a whole. They have not been scoring much. I do believe a lot in Nick Foles, uh, big time. The... Uh, he did what he could to almost sneak out a victory last week, which probably, like I said, I'm probably a little bit too harsh on this number six ranking in Jacksonville, but I try, I'm, like I said, I'm just going to order up the teams that I think just are better, like, not even just comparatively. It's just, yeah, I think it's just kind of how everything felt. So Jacksonville... Uh, you know, haven't won both games, but your defense has been very stout. Like, unlike Washington, where I feel like your offensive is good, but your defense is terrible, I think Jacksonville has a very stout defense. Uh, the offense, they're still figuring out a lot of it. But I'm, like I said, at this point, some of these teams are just not terrible, terrible, like you, like you would think. Uh, I think kind of Jacksonville is almost the barometer of uh, being going from terrible to mediocre. So... This is one of the mediocre type, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to be super mean, but like that's kind of how I think about this one. You know, Jacksonville is just mediocre and they're terrible. They have the potential to be great, but as is as a team offensively and some play calling, and uh, just not there yet. They're close. I think they're close, uh, but you know you have to still be and you have to show up at the end of the day. And yes, I'm trying to put context in the situation, but the context is Jacksonville just doesn't score a lot. They have a stout defense, and you know, they're battered and bruised. So they don't have any positives going towards them um, to make me want to rank them lower, or even out of the bottom, bottom uh, rankings. Number seven, moving down a spot. Yes, finally. Uh, a team that's moving down out of mediocrity. Let's tell mediocre is Buffalo. They are number seven. So from number six last week, they moved down to number seven. Uh, I sound like I'm pretty rough on this one because I know they won uh, last week and they won week one, but they, you know, when you beat the worst two teams in the NFL or you know, two out of the worst three teams in the NFL, <coughs> excuse me, you, you know, it, it's worth something, but it's not, it's not a barometer of actual. Uh, I can't say skill because you, yeah, they clearly won't, but it's not a barometer of like the correct ranking of where they belong. I want to see them just win the game against the average team, not the bottom, like not not a legit bottom feeder. So again, this week they are facing Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I have them ranked. Uh, I think they're one on one, and they're not in the top ten, but they are pretty close. So the win against Cincinnati this week. And I, I am voting, I'm going for Buffalo, and I've told you the reasons why. Uh, mainly, mainly because I like the home edge. And the uncertainty of Cincinnati, but at least Cincinnati has shown to, like, win and have good flashes of consistency, but they just don't have, the, like, the wins to justify that at the end of the day. Uh, whereas Buffalo, I don't know, there's two unimpressive wins, personally. Again, I don't want to be super mean, but you know, that's, that's what I see at the end of the day. So this is going to be the first, like, test of, like, Facing as, well, you know, about average team 
maybe trending downwards, but uh, if they win this, I can't I can't foresee them staying in the in the, in the anti-power rankings for long. So this this is your week, Buffalo. Impress me, impress me, and of course win. You probably should focus on winning first. Number eight, coming from nowhere, he's uh, entering the first time is the Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos, uh, I just do not see them as a terrible team. I don't, I just don't see them as a team that is super explosive at this point. They are a team with a lot of potential that I like, but uh, I think with, yeah, I don't know. I I think they could win. They they could beat. I don't know, 90% of, of the league in any given day at this point. Um, but they have not done anything that's thoroughly impressed me. Uh, the offense, I don't know, Flacco, he's decent. He's, he's a still a solid quarterback, and I think Denver's defense is still fairly fairly capable. I think it's always been capable. And going back to week two of the NFL, you know, they lost against a pretty weak Chicago team. Uh, so... I don't want to see because Chicago's defense is pretty stout. So Denver has not had a good showing so far, but I don't believe it's it's not as representative of how the teams play. Uh, unlike the other 0-2 teams, and I even have a, a, a have a two and O team still ranked beneath Denver. So let's let's make that straight. So clear that up. So Denver is still my number eight anti power ranking team. They had the capable capability to win. They just had they just. I don't know, it's just tough for them to pull out a victory, especially facing against a stout defense. Um, but I don't think they're as, ter- as terrible as what people think they are. Uh, they certainly have the ability to, s- to stop scoring and to score. It's just kind of putting it all together you know, more, more consistently and just having a solid performance. They really just need a decisive victory under their belt. Moving down six spots to the number nine, Tampa Bay. Uh, this team was training to be a bottom three team because Deshaun Watson has eaten so many W's that he can't consume anymore. Apparently, he can still win against a very broken uh, Cam Newton and a very beat-down Carolina team. Uh, so, at least in my eyes, Tampa has, no, has shown to be uh, a semi-contender. Uh, it's still not super representative of what they can do in the future, but uh, it's enough to where... I feel comfortable of them, of, of having them defeat bad teams comfortably. I don't think they're a bad team. I think they are. They show flashes of greatness at times, but it's wildly inconsistent. So they feel more like a wild card type, and not like wild card playoff team, more of like a, you know, I'm a wild card, beesh. See, I didn't, I didn't cuss. But, you know, like that, that type of wild card, like the crazy team. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, it's an identity, and they might be hot, they might be cold. They're 101 right now, from what I believe, uh, if, I'm, if I'm correct. And, uh, you know, they drop six spots. So, you know, if you continue at Tampa, then I won't expect to hear your name anymore in the, in the anti-power rankings. Coming in at number 10, showing up for the first time, is the team that they just beat, Carolina. So Carolina did not come from, uh, I think they might have been a top team in other power rankings. Um, this loss... On top of like kind of Cam Newton's mentality, like like right now they are kind of what Detroit was last week. A team obviously with a lot of potential uh, defense, but it seems like it's it's there ish offensively. Maybe it's just play calling, but Cam does not seem to be himself. Um, he still could be injured. 
Um, but he's probably their best chance to win. So even still, like a, a weakened offense puts Carolina just on the cusp of uh, you know being in the, in the top ten of my anti-power rankings. Uh, I don't. I just. I don't know. I. I feel that if they are going to be the team that they want to be, like if they were going to be a playoff team that they're going to win, like they have to beat the bad. They have to beat the bad teams. That's it. And that's why, like I said, I'm picking. That's why I'm picking Carolina over Arizona, and and I hope that they win. You know, at this point, some of these teams that are you know, around the ten, bottom ten spot are probably decent. Like I don't see mediocre. They're like mediocre to decent, uh, with the potential to win. So a lot of these uh, around the around the ten spot, you're gonna. You know, I'm not going to be as scathing compared to the earlier ones. Now, if you're curious about 11 through 15, uh, I'm, I don't want to do the whole 30 because that almost turns into power rankings. But for tracking sick, okay, I'm just going to go down this these next five, and it's not going to take super long. Um, moving down four spots to Chicago, they won last week, so uh, you know I can't punish them. They barely won against Denver, and they should be ranked better than Denver at least for now. Uh, and then four teams that I think are suspect. Uh, number 12, Cincinnati. Number 13, Pittsburgh. Number 14, Cleveland. Number 15, Indianapolis. Number 16, I only included 16 because I'm greedy here, is Detroit. Okay. I'm not going to dive too much into this. Chicago is probably the only one. Um, but I'm only mentioning these these numbers because next week, depending on how some of these teams perform, they might enter the top 10. So, and I'm only keeping track of 11 through 16 just for kind of a, um, kind of like a brief, like, like a brief, like, hey, like, here's the teams that are trending downwards. Kind of like that. So, number one, Miami. Number two, the Giants. Number three, the Jets. Number four, Arizona. Number five, Washington. Number six, Jacksonville. Number seven, Buffalo. Number eight, Denver. Number nine, Tampa. Ten, Carolina. There you have it, folks. Anti-power rankings. Let me know what you think. I love to have arguments about who the worst team of the NFL is. I mean, wouldn't we all love that? I mean, everyone spends hours discussing the five best teams. Why not the worst? <laughs> In case you guys don't know, I'm, I'm joking here. I definitely would like, I mean, people could discuss anything, but I definitely get why most people would prefer to talk about the best teams. Um, that said, I did forget my underdog picks of the week. So this week I have three. Now, I have, I want to be clear. All right, I have six underdog teams that I'm picking, and I mentioned this before, but most of these uh, are either going to be an, like a hunch, like my, or I just think it's just a gap in the matchup, like like a gap in how. It, you know, favorite underdog is performing, and some of these are going to be like 50-50s or 60-40s that I'm picking. So, so that's for the pickums for the Vegas odds. I all I care about is the discrepancies between what the what Vegas is saying and the odds that they're paying out. So, case in point, uh, one game that I picked here on my pickum, I picked Green Bay over Denver, and I feel dirty about this one because I really think Denver is a a lot better team. I mean, they just have to get the wins under the belt, and they're they're, num they're my number eight anti-team. But I don't think Green Bay is as good as what people say. So even if you're living in Vegas or you bet online, uh, the line about is uh, sorry, the spread, the money line is plus 300. So that means if I pick Denver to win straight up with $100, they'll give me my $100 back plus $300 more. So 100 goes to 400 if I pick Denver to win Green Bay. 
and I mentioned this before. I'm picking Green Bay to win this game specifically for this week, um, but I think that they win 60% of the time uh, compared to Denver in, in this Kate, you know, in this day and age. So um, because of that, I would be very, very likely, and I actually will be making this bet, uh, placing Denver, who is a seven and a half point dog for plus 300, which means, yeah, which means one out of four times Denver has to win in Green Bay for me to be profitable or to, for me to break even. To, for me to break, break even. So one out of four, that would give them like a 25%. Yeah, they would have to win 25 times out of 100 in Green Bay. Except I think they win 40 times out of 100 uh, in Green Bay. Almost 50-50, almost but, you know, it's Green Bay wins 60, 60 times out of 100 or 60%. So I think long-term, I think this is a profitable play. So that's why I'm saying Denver, my first, my first uh, pick. Uh, and I can go in order. The Jacksonville... Tennessee game. Uh, I don't know. They're both even, so it's not worth picking in our dog. I mentioned the Denver game, yes. Detroit-Philadelphia game. I'm picking th this one. This is a, I told you, this is a greedy pick, my Detroit pick here. Um, I think Detroit can sneak this one out, but at plus 230, I think Detroit wins this about 33% of the time. One out of three, and I think this is their one. And if you pull 100 in and you get plus 230, that's about uh, 330 total. So yeah, it's about 33. It's around 33-ish percent. So uh, I think this is a slight plus EV play, plus ROI. I say EV is expected value, so some poker terminology. Uh, I think long term, I come out ahead picking Detroit slightly, very very slightly on this on the Vegas Insider. So. Um, but that is not, I'm not going to say that is the definitive one. So this that's one I'm feeling sneaky about, but don't. That is not a official, you know, Jerusalem pick. That's going down. Baltimore versus Kansas City. This one, I think, is a 50-50. I think Baltimore beats them half the time. There's nothing more to be said. I just think Baltimore is that strong. And I think in shootouts, Kansas City, Kansas City's defense just lets them, I don't know, they just don't. Like, they, they can score. It's just the team as a whole. It's just uh, when push comes to shove that, like, unless if Andy Reid changes the style or whatever, like, I trust Baltimore. It's a 50-50, I think, half the time they win. So even just the fact that it's a plus 240 and the fact that the Kansas City is a plus 6.5 point favorite, like, uh, I, I think that's a huge discrepancy. I could be very wrong on this, but... Between like yeah, plus two forty, plus two forty five, depending on like the station casino or online, I think this is a super strong pick. Like that one. So yeah, I have Denver. I'm definitely playing that one. Baltimore playing that one uh, at plus two forty because it's a fifty fifty. It should be like a plus one one fifteen in this case, but it's way off. Like I just believe. And, and again, we, I want to keep track of this throughout the season. Because I, I can be one for three in these picks, but as long as the plus CV says I'm coming out as a net positive, then I can work from there. So I just want to keep that in mind. Very, um, yeah, Baltimore is just too good of a pick to not to ignore. Uh, then Cincinnati at Buffalo. I, Cincinnati is a plus 215 at Buffalo. They could win, but uh, you know, I, it's, it's just too much of an unknown on how they're going to play still. 
So I stick with the stake pick here. Atlanta, Indianapolis, it's plus 105, nothing too crazy. Oakland, plus 300 at Minnesota. I do have them. Ooh, actually, it's not just plus 300, it's up to plus 350, depending on... So, even between plus 300 and plus 330 and 350, depending on if you go at the MGM or if you play online. I think this is a solid pick. Uh, again, I'm not picking Oakland to win at Minnesota in my in my pick'em. But I do know Minnesota has the ability to lose to any team, and they probably win this game 60% of the time, maybe 65, 2 out of 3. And considering that the odds here are better than like 3 out of 4, or almost 4 out of 5-ish, uh, I'm coming out ahead probably way more frequently. So I don't know why Oakland has a minus 8.5 point disadvantage. Uh, Minnesota has shown to uh, hang around in games. So, I, again, that one is a huge discrepancy, and I think Oakland can sneak out a victory. Now, I want to be sure, I want to make sure, I'm going to click, like, I'll make sure, I want to make sure you guys understand that these picks, again, are purely for ROI plus and plus EV plays. In some instances, I like to find uh, matchups where if it's a 50-50 and it's a plus 200 plus, then I'll go for it, which is the Baltimore case, and then... The other ones are plus, like I said, the plus 300s are ones to where I think long-term it's still going to be profitable in my, in, you know, with my due diligence. If I happen to win this week, then it, obviously it's a good indicator. But most of these games that are plus 300 and plus 350 are going to be games where they're going to be within three and seven points, and it might come down towards the end. At least that's how I see it. So these ones are not locks. Baltimore is like the best plus EV play, but like, like saying they're locks, it's super tough. Because I, I, I like the long shots. I like I like it when a long shot has a like a legit 50-50 shot to win at the end of the game. Because that means to me, like, it means my analysis is fairly close. And it was just more so losing or winning just off of, like, a couple of a series of events, of events that either went my way or might not win. Or not my way. Because if it comes down to, like, a game-time field goal, you know, if someone gave you $10 and said, I'll bet you they'll make it. And you'd be like, well, give me 40 if they make it. And they'll say no. Well, you bet the casino pretty much the same thing at that point. So, you know, again, it's figuring out the best team to win, like, at down the stretch and that can finish it off. So uh, that's that's my logic. Uh, and hopefully in the next few weeks I can continue to show, tell you my win-loss record and how much, like, money and stuff I would be or lost and won. So... Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Wow. Just like that, folks. Like, time flies when you're just making NFL picks and just offering ill-informed opinions. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't plan on doing any more of different types of sports picks in the future. It's only, I mean, outside of NFL. I love the NFL. It's one of those games where, you know, you can spend a couple days or a couple hours doing the research. Uh, things are always going to be changing last minute too. That's why I like to create these on Thursdays because I get to get a better idea of who's practicing and who's not, and I can just let time, you know, let my unbiased opinions, even though some of them are biased, I'm not going to lie, uh, you know, get in the way of I don't know of, of like the trends and whatnot, um, or else I would be posting this Tuesday, um, you know, show off the power rankings of the world, but I don't want to do that. Oh, sorry, the anti-power rankings. So there you have it, folks. Uh, if you have any questions, or if you 
Or, I don't know, if you just want to keep track of my picks and test them yourself, or just... Or you have your own pickums, let me know. I, I certainly don't mind the discussion. Obviously, uh, I don't want to do this via podcast form. I'd like to have face-to-face discussions. Uh, but... Well, yeah, hopefully this was useful for you guys. Again, 11-5 and five last week, which is surprisingly strong compared to other teams. So uh, I figure if I can keep just having solid 11-13 to 13 win games, I can see myself atop the leaderboard uh, more frequently. Uh, I mean, it's, anyone can probably get like a 13-3 or 16-0 like once in a lifetime. But uh, being consistent is the key, and especially... If I keep making these picks and I keep talking them out, I can, you know, keep making potentially more money on the side doing sports, sports gambling and sports betting, um, because it's really just playing the edges. And I can hopefully in this podcast, and obviously it's not, but if if it ends up being the case, it's awesome. But hopefully I can keep showing you guys my logic and the results that show forward. So um, pretty excited. Uh, again, if you want, if you have any comments or if there are any certain types of ideas that you have or things you want me to talk about on the, on the show, I will be more than happy to. Uh, I mean, generally for me, the idea part isn't too hard. It's just getting the up, like the power to hit record and then either do the research or talk more about it. Uh, some podcast episodes, I just go off the cuff and just kind of speak what's on my mind and then kind of think of things as I talk, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, generally, my Tuesday or Wednesday, or Wednesday release ones are often like that, or sometimes I have a certain subject that I'll review. And then these ones that are released Thursday and or Friday are going to be more sports-related, which I feel that are, that they are more like on point, but uh, it's not super heavy related to like sleeping-ish. I mean, both are, but uh, I, you know, I, I want to have more consistency overall. And who knows? I mean, maybe this will just be dropped. But I think I think just having these types of picks um, on a week by week analysis actually helps me create like my schedule and hopefully creates a schedule for you guys if you're still interested in listening to the podcast. For any questions, comments, business opportunities, or if you want me to be on your podcast, I mean, I'm more than happy to. Uh, you know, this like I said, this is more of like my long-winded talk, cool, chill podcast, but. Uh, I still like to have, like, a lot of hype, and, like, I like to make a lot of noise, generally, too, uh, you know, in real life, and usually as, you know, when I, whenever I pop, in, pop up in different shows or different, uh, I don't know, occasions outside, I tend to be uh, very loud. Uh, so, you know, this is certainly my inside voice, you know, inside voice type thing-ish. But, but, yeah, if any business opportunities, sponsorships, Questions, comments, constructive criticism, fan mail, anything, you know, reach reach out to me at a droolish podcast at gmail.com. I think I have links to on the site at droolish.com. Uh, I think I'm hosting at Fireside.fm, so I have like all the links everywhere too if you ever want to reach out. Uh, Facebook.com, just type in droolish, twitter.com forward slash droolish podcast. You know, if you type in droolish, you're going to find it. Okay, so. So feel free to reach out, and uh, it might take me a couple. It might take me a couple days to respond, uh, only because I'm I'm catching up on a lot of other uh, projects related to this podcast. Uh, especially if you're listening on YouTube, you might notice, depending on when this is released, um, the order of episodes has been so sparingly off, like it's been way off. And I don't want to have like a two month 
turn around from audio to video when I can resolve that in, in a day. So, um, and I'm trying to catch up on all of my video episodes on YouTube. It's just the rendering takes hours. For like a one hour rendering takes, sorry, one hour video takes three hours to render. So, uh, you know, I'm doing what I can. And I obviously have my other stuff too, but, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure all of the content is available everywhere. And, you know, until this podcast keeps growing, and I'm ho- hopefully it's growing, uh, you know, it's, it's having more of a positive effect. And when I look at the numbers, it seems like that's the case. Uh, you know, I know some of you are, you know, a lot of you are trying to sleep, and I, and I really do want to help. So um, the comments, you know, the good stuff, you know, that's great. And if you don't like this, obviously, you don't have to listen. If there are certain things you think I can maybe tweaks on, or you want to help out, I'm more than happy to uh, listen. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just want to have a really great experience, and, and or, you know, for you guys. And I want to have fun doing this. And I do have a lot of fun doing this. I think it's great that I get to record and talk for an hour or an hour and a half and and hopefully, you know, provide value. And in this case, it's to provide winning NFL picks and to provide a calm, soothing experience. And you can hopefully go off into dreamland. Uh, that's about it. And I think I'm going to let the, let the rain and the fire and any other sounds that I'm finding, I'm going to be testing them still. Uh, it always changes every episode, but I, I think that's fine. You know, I don't want it to have like the same sounds. Uh, sorry, the same exact like rain sounds. I, I like different ambiances. Like I like the sound of rain in a car. I love the sound of rain and weather. I love the like, cabin, I like blizzard sounds. I love the fire crackling. I love like water crashing on like the ocean, you know, wind breezing in the, the trees. Okay, there's there's so many different types of like calm ambiance, like AMSR type. Uh, things, like sounds that can include. So I'm, like I said, I don't want to keep changing things too much, so I, I'm, I'm adding a, li- a little bit more subtle sounds. But until then, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Episode 13. Wait, this is 13 or 14? Wow. It's crazy. Uh, and listening to this episode of Droolish, hopefully you guys had a wonderful day or a wonderful night. So you guys close your eyes, enjoy yourselves, dream easy. Take care.